Section four of Utopia by Sir Thomas More, translated by Rafe Robinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I cannot tell whether it were best to rehearse the communication that followed, for it was not very sad, but yet you shall hear it, for there was no evil in it, and partly it pertained to the matter before said. There chanced to stand by a certain jesting parasite or scoffer, which would seem to resemble and counterfeit the fool. But he did in such wise counterfeit that he was almost the very same indeed that he laboured to represent. He so studied with words and sayings brought forth so out of time and place to make sport and move laughter, that he himself was often a laughed at than his jests were. Yet the foolish fellow brought out now and then such indifferent and reasonable stuff that he made the proverb true which saith, He that shooteth oft at the last shall hit the mark. So that when one of the company said that through my communication a good order was found for thieves, and that the cardinal also had well provided for vagabonds, so that only remained some good provision to be made for them that through sickness and age were fallen into poverty and were become so impotent and unwieldy that they were not able to work for their living tush quoth he let me alone with them you shall see me do well enough with them for i had rather than any good that this kind of people were driven somewhere out of my sight they have so sore troubled me many times and oft when they have with their lamentable tears begged money of me and yet they could never to my mind so tune their song that thereby they ever got of me one farthing for evermore the one of these two chanced either that i would not or else that i could not because i had it not therefore now they be waxed wise for when they see me go by, because they will not lose their labour, they let me pass and say not one word to me. So they look for nothing of me, no, in good sooth, no more than if I were a priest or a monk. But I will make a law that all these beggars shall be distributed and bestowed into houses of religion. The men shall be made lay brethren, as they call them, and the women nuns. Hereat the cardinal smiled and allowed it in jest, yea, and all the residue in good earnest. But a certain friar, graduate in divinity, took such pleasure and delight in this jest of priests and monks, that he, also being else a man of grisly and stern gravity, began merrily and wantonly to jest and taunt. Nay, quoth he, you shall not so be rid and dispatched of beggars unless you make some provision also for us friars why quoth the jester that is done already for my lord himself set a very good order for you when he decreed that vagabonds should be kept straight and set to work for you be the greatest and veriest vagabonds that be this jest also when they saw the cardinal not disprove it every man took it gladly saving only the friar for he and that no marvel being thus touched on the quick and hit on the gall so fret so fumed and chafed at it and was in such a rage that he could not refrain himself from chiding scolding railing and reviling 
he called the fellow ribald villain javel backbiter slanderer and the child of perdition citing therewith terrible threatenings out of holy scripture then the jesting scoffer began to play the scoffer indeed and verily he was good at that for he could play a part in that play no man better patient yourself good master friar quoth he and be not angry for scripture saith in your patience you shall save your souls then the friar for i will rehearse his own very words no gallows wretch i am not angry quoth he or at the least wise i do not sin for the psalmist saith be you angry and sin not then the cardinal spake gently to the friar and desired him to quiet himself no my lord quoth he i speak not but of a good zeal as i ought for holy men had a good zeal wherefore it is said the zeal of thy house hath eaten me and it is sung in the church the scorners of helisius whilst he went up into the house of god felt the zeal of the bald as peradventure this scorning villain ribald shall feel you do it quoth the cardinal perchance of a good mind and affection but methinketh you should do i cannot tell whether more holily certes more wisely if you would not set your wit to a fool's wit and with a fool take in hand a foolish contention no forsooth my lord quoth he i should not do more wisely for solomon the wise saith answer a fool according to his folly like as i do now and do show him the pit that he shall fall into if he take not heed for if many scorners of helisius which was but one bald man felt the zeal of the bald how much more shall one scorner of many friars feel among whom be many bald men and we have also the pope's bulls whereby all that mock and scorn us be excommunicate suspended and accursed the cardinal seeing that none end would be made sent away the jester by a privy beck and turned the communication to another matter shortly after when he was risen from the table he went to hear his suitors and so dismissed us look master moore with how long and tedious a tale i have kept you which surely i would have been ashamed to have done but that you so earnestly desired me and did after such a sort give ear unto it as though you would not that any parcel of that communication should be left out which though i have done somewhat briefly yet could i not choose but rehearse it for the judgment of them which when they had improved and disallowed my sayings yet incontinent hearing the cardinal allow them did themselves also approve the same so impudently flattering him that they were nothing ashamed to admit yea almost in good earnest his jester's foolish inventions because that he himself by smiling at them did seem not to disprove them so that hereby you may right well perceive how little the courtiers would regard and esteem me and my sayings i ensure you master raphael quoth i i took great delectation in hearing you all things that you said were spoken so wittily and so pleasantly 
and methought myself to be in the meantime not only at home in my country but also through the pleasant remembrance of the cardinal in whose house i was brought up of a child to wax a child again and friend raphael though i did bear very great love towards you before yet seeing you do so earnestly favour this man you will not believe how much my love towards you is now increased but yet all this notwithstanding i can by no means change my mind but that i must needs believe that you if you be disposed and confined in your heart to follow some prince's court shall with your good counsels greatly help and further the commonwealth wherefore there is nothing more appertaining to your duty that is to say to the duty of a good man for whereas your plato judgeth that wheel publics shall by this means attain perfect felicity either if philosophers be kings or else if kings give themselves to the study of philosophy how far i pray you shall commonwealths then be from this felicity if philosophers will vouchsafe to instruct kings with their good counsel they be not so unkind quoth he but they would gladly do it yea many have done it already in books that they have put forth if kings and princes would be willing and ready to follow good counsel but plato doubtless did well foresee unless kings themselves would apply their minds to the study of philosophy that else they would never thoroughly allow the counsel of philosophers being themselves before even from their tender age infected and corrupt with perverse and evil opinions which thing plato himself proved true in king dionysius if i should propose to any king wholesome decrees doing my endeavour to pluck out of his mind the pernicious original causes of vice and naughtiness think you not that i should forthwith either be driven away or else made a laughing-stock well suppose i were with the french king and there sitting in his council whiles in that most secret consultation the king himself there being present in his own person they beat their brains and search the very bottoms of their wits to discuss by what craft and means the king may still keep milan and draw to him again fugitive naples and then how to conquer the venetians and how to bring under his jurisdiction all italy then how to win the dominion of flanders brabant and of all burgundy with divers other lands whose kingdoms he hath long ago in mind and purpose invaded here whiles one counselleth to conclude a league of peace with the venetians so long to endure as shall be thought meet and expedient for their purpose and to make them also of their counsel yea and besides that to give them part of the prey which afterward when they have brought their purpose about after their own minds they may require and claim again another think it best to hear the germans another would have the favour of the switchers one with money another's advice is to appease the puissant power of the emperor's majesty with gold as with a most pleasant and acceptable sacrifice whiles another giveth counsel to make peace with the king of aragon 
and to restore unto him his own kingdom of navarre as a full assurance of peace another cometh in with his five eggs and adviseth to hook in the king of castile with some hope of affinity or alliance and to bring to their part certain peers of his court for great pensions whilst they all stay at the chiefest doubt of all what to do in the meantime with england and yet agree all in this to make peace with the englishman and with most sure and strong bands to bind that weak and feeble friendship so that they must be called friends and had in suspicion as enemies and that therefore the scots must be had in a readiness as it were in a standing ready at all occasions in aunt as the englishman should stir never so little incontinent to set upon them and moreover privily and secretly for openly it may not be done by the truce that is taken privily therefore i say to make much of some peer of england that is banished his country which must claim title to the crown of the realm and affirm himself just inheritor thereof that by this subtle means they may hold to them the king in whom else they have but small trust and affiance here i say where so great and high matters be in consultation where so many noble and wise men counsel their king only to war here if i seely man should rise up and will them to turn over the leaf and learn a new lesson saying that my counsel is not to meddle with italy but to tarry still at home and that the kingdom of france alone is almost greater than that it may well be governed of one man so that the king should not need to study how to get more and then should propose unto them the decrees of the people that be called the Achorians, which be situate over against the island of utopia on the south-east side these Achorians once made war in their king's quarrel for to get him another kingdom which he laid claim unto and advanced himself right inheritor to the crown thereof by the title of an old alliance at the last when they had gotten it and saw that they had even as much vexation and trouble in keeping it as they had in getting it and that either their new conquered subjects by sundry occasions were making daily insurrections to rebel against them or else that other countries were continually with divers inroads and foragings invading them so that they were ever fighting either for them or against them and never could break up their camps seeing themselves in the mean season pelled and impoverished their money carried out of the realm their own men killed to maintain the glory of another nation when they had no war peace nothing better than war by reason that their people in war had so inured themselves to corrupt and wicked manners that they had taken a delight and pleasure in robbing and stealing that through manslaughter they had gathered boldness to mischief that their laws were had in contempt and nothing set by or regarded that their king being troubled with the charge and governance of two kingdoms could not nor was not able perfectly to discharge his office towards them both seeing again that all these evils and troubles were endless at the last laid their heads together 
and like faithful and loving subjects gave to their king free choice and liberty to keep still the one of these two kingdoms whether he would alleging that he was not able to keep both and that they were more than might well be governed of half a king forasmuch as no man would be content to take him for his muleteer that keepeth another man's mules besides his so this good prince was constrained to be content with his old kingdom and to give over the new to one of his friends who shortly after was violently driven out furthermore if i should declare unto them that all this busy preparance to war whereby so many nations for his sake should be brought into a troublesome hurly-burly when all his coffers were emptied his treasures wasted and his people destroyed should at the length through some mischance be in vain and to none effect and that therefore it were best for him to content himself with his own kingdom of france as his forefathers and predecessors did before him to make much of it to enrich it and to make it as flourishing as he could to endeavour himself to love his subjects and again to be beloved of them willingly to live with them peaceably to govern them and with other kingdoms not to meddle seeing that which he hath already is even enough for him yea and more than he can well turn him to this mine advice master moore how think you it would be heard and taken so god help me not very thankfully quoth i end of section four